This week we're talking blazing fast search. Whenever I watch engineers work, it feels like an alternative universe. Not the least of which is because devs have unique superpower tools at their disposal. Tons of different productivity hacks and niche plugins. One of the things I've been interested in most lately is finding overlapping use cases between technical and non-technical folks, and then diving into the use cases where there are tools for technical folks, but nothing for non-technical folks. That's how I found the guys at Command E. Command E has developed the ultimate cross-app search tool. I chatted with Tom Eubel, co-founder and CEO, on how he came up with the idea, what the product looks like today, how he sticks out in a crowded space, and developing implicit morality. Tom has raised from great folks like First Round, Bain Capital, and Craft Ventures, and this episode was a ton of fun, diving into how he believes the future of search will unfold. Welcome, Tom. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, Tom, really excited to have you on the show today and, and dive pretty deeply into Command E in the productivity tool space. But before we jump in, tell us a little bit more about your background and the journey to founding Command E. Yeah, definitely. My, my story is not that unlike many, I think, that kind of got excited about tech when they were um, going through school. I grew up in the Midwest and was kind of actually going down the finance track. But as I got through school, kind of realized wasn't super excited about finance. And this was right around the time that Square was starting to become a thing. And I got excited about micropayments and what that might unlock and tried to get a fintech company off the ground that was something akin to what Acorns is today. But um, rather than backed by index funds being backed by the best active managers out there. Um, And that was my last year of school. And it didn't really go anywhere. But it showed me enough to see that I was really excited about some of the tech that was emerging and kind of got the bug and came out to the Valley right after school and took a couple engineering jobs. And at my last job, uh, my co-founder and I sort of saw the problem that we're going after with Commandy um, and started working together on that. And it's been kind of off to the races since then. So give us the brief on on what Commandy is and the state of the company today. Yeah, definitely. So Commandy is blazing fast search across all your cloud docs and records and really everything on your computer too. Um, So I think sort of all knowledge workers, a lot of us spend our days sort of bouncing around all these various resources and we find ourselves wasting a lot of time trying to get to the next thing in our day. So we have all these moments where we know, hey, I want to go to this doc next or I want to go to this Slack conversation next or I want to pull up this file in Dropbox. And there's just a lot of friction oftentimes in getting to the next thing. And so Command E, the idea is basically just to carve the time down from the moment you know in your head, like I wanna go to this thing to getting you there as quick as possible. And so it's a desktop app that you download. And once you have it, you connect your accounts. And basically, as soon as you hit that moment where you say, I wanna go to this Google Doc, you just hit command E and search box pops up and you'll type a little bit of that next file name and hit enter once you found it and we'll get you there really quickly. One of my good friends, Tom has this framework. I really like, and I've stolen a little bit, which is, you know, problems are either old or new problems and solutions are either old or new solutions. And when I look kind of outside in with a non-technical background, you know, it looks like a new problem, right? At least for like this segment of knowledge workers, right? Folks like myself, Uh, with inspiration from an old solution, right? Productivity jumps that already exist for engineers. Is is that how you think about it or you think about it differently? 
Definitely. Yeah. So I think there's, there's definitely something interesting there where this is really taking a pattern that we had as engineers. So as engineers, you kind of live in a code editor with all of your sort of files there. So as an engineer, you can fly around hundreds of files and that pattern I described where you kind of know, I want to go to this file next. Once you hit that moment, you hit a keyboard shortcut and a search box pops up sort of just like what we've built into command E and you start typing the next file name, you hit, hit enter, and you're at that next file in less than a second without ever really thinking about it. And we actually, a lot of the inspiration behind the company was my co-founder and I were sort of living that life day to day. And then we would see our friends that weren't engineers, really sharp people, but in other sort of knowledge worker roles, um, they'd be living their days between Salesforce and Gmail and LinkedIn, um, a little bit of Crunchbase and AngelList mixed in and just sort of tearing their hair out, trying to move around those five places. And we realized that they just don't have the tooling that we have and the pattern that we have as engineers just wasn't available to everybody else. And we realized that this was a pattern that is actually very generalizable and it makes sense for everybody to have that. Um, so that's kind of what we built Command E for so that everybody that's not living in a code editor can kind of move around their day super quickly and not be slowed down and sort of hit these moments where you know what you want to do and you're just significantly slowed down by your tooling. And it's really frustrating because in your head, you know exactly where you want to go and it's just your tooling getting in the way. Um, we thought that was a really frustrating experience and we wanted to sort of remove that friction from people's day. And, and there's a hybrid part of it, I think, in, in being a combo of an old and new solution that was kind of going through my head as you we were talking about it. And you know, it, it seems like that combo or that hybrid is why this is different than something that's like your native, right? Like Apple search or desktop search or so. My understanding is you can also search in the cloud. Is, is that right? Yep. Yeah. So that's exactly right. So we're trying to sort of bring the best of both worlds. So a lot of people on Macs use Spotlight, which is kind of that desktop. Hey, let me jump to an app. Let me jump to a local file. And so a lot of people have taken to calling command D like spotlight on steroids, basically, because it takes that pattern of, hey, I can find stuff on my desktop relatively quickly. But then it also adds all of the cloud services where really most of our work day to day has moved to these cloud tools, right? It's no longer desktop based. Um, so it's trying to bring that desktop based speed um, to all the cloud places that you're bouncing around. So you've got this one centralized place. In it, you can search both on the computer and in the cloud, right? Unlocks, obviously, a significant amount of productivity conceptually. Um, give a perspective on just how big of a problem this is. And, and I want you to take two perspectives. One is, you know, as an individual user, right? Like if I'm I'm just thinking, you know, of how many times in the day I'm context switching or I'm looking for something, et cetera. I've never sat back to actually analyze, right? Like the productivity gain or so. So give us a perspective from that individual user side. And then, of course, you know, if you think about this at scale, right? Like you take a thousand of me's in an organization or so, um, you know, not just the amplification, right? Of the, of the micro problem, but really I imagine there's some deeper or more interesting kind of cross-functional organization on organizational type unlocks. We can get there in a second, but maybe give us a perspective first of just kind of what, what is the scope of the unlocks that we're talking about? Definitely. Yeah. And so, we're still kind of working on making this the one search bar that you can go to to get to everything. But where, where we are today, we've seen some people that use it as much as 60 times a day, right? And that's across a few tools. It can quickly become 
for people that are really successful with it. The only way that they go to Salesforce, the only way they pull up a Google Doc, the only way they pull up a LinkedIn record. And if you get to that point where you're launching something 60 plus times a day, um, I think the average person probably has a couple hundred of these sort of context switch moments in their day. Um, in some roles, some roles it's less so, but there are definitely a substantial chunk of people that are doing this a couple hundred times a day. And when you look at 60 plus times a day, you could look at it and say, hey, maybe I'm saving 20, 30 seconds, maybe less um, each time I do it. And so I'm saving at least 15 minutes a day. But I think something that will probably resonate with a lot of people, and I know I've used to find myself doing this, is you just get stuck on certain searches. You know, you try to go search for a Google Doc, you don't quite find it. You end up down a rabbit hole. Maybe you want to go to Gmail to pull up a specific thread so you can sort of advance something that you're working on. But the way you did that historically was you went to your inbox just to get access to the search bar on Gmail and all of a sudden you get distracted by whatever came into your inbox in the interim and you just get sidetracked. So with Command E, we really kind of streamline that focus and that sense of control. Um, and I think the unlocks are both a matter of time, but also just the sort of sense of staying in flow and being in control. Um, so it's pretty substantial. The stay in flow part, I think, is really critical because one, one of the ways I think about it, and I'm, I'm curious to get your perspective, is, you know, when you have command D kind of um, proliferated throughout an organization, it starts to transition more from, you know, just an individual search tool to more of like an operating system and almost like backbone product for an enterprise's information systems, right? Um how do you guys think about like the bigger vision for command D, right? Like what's the, what's the, like your venture backed, what's the billion dollar idea here versus, you know, just being a search bar. And I'll, and I'll put that in context, right? I don't say just a search bar actually to denigrate that. I think the most beautiful products are the ones that are incredibly simplistic to the user, but incredibly sophisticated and complex on the back end side. Um, so how do you think about, you know, how do you think about kind of like the overarching vision or the, or the bigger story for command D? Yeah, that, that's funny you say that, Ramin. I, I think very similarly, I love products that on their surface are very simple, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of depth to them. And so, you know, anybody can kind of download Command E and have all their services connected and be up and running and have completed their first search in less than five minutes. Um, and it's very approachable in that way, but there's also a good amount of depth to it and some sort of advanced patterns that the power users um, can appreciate. So I love products like that. And that's, I think Command E really fits in that realm. Yeah, I think there's, we've spent the bulk of our time focusing on really sort of perfecting the single user, um, single player and user experience to date. But there's definitely a big organizational opportunity here too. I think you can just think about the way any organization manages their data. They often have internal data sources. Um, so we started by making sure that our cloud integrations are really solid, but there's a lot of other places that data lives within an org and every org has sort of different patterns um, of how their data is organized. And I think there's a big opportunity in sort of not just solving it for the audience of one that we've focused on to date, but also rolling that up and at an organizational level solving it. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll have more to share there in time. Um, and we're really excited about 
doing that. I think what we've kind of proven to date is that people want this access. They want this sort of paradigm for accessing their data. And a lot of our job is just saying, hey, no matter where your data is, no matter how it's stored, like it's sort of our job to make sure that it's accessible via commandy at this point because people love the sort of form factor of this always on keyboard shortcut and the speed every search in commandy returns in 10 milliseconds and uh, people definitely sort of feel that lift in their productivity day to day. One of the challenges, Tom, I always think about is, especially for these types of tools, is how you crack through the noise of being, you know, just another productivity tool. And let me, let me give some context, right? I think productivity tools in many senses are kind of turning into buzzwords like the word innovation, right? Where, you know, there are organizations that are innovating. There's no question about it, right? But there's a lot of people that say things like innovation or future of work, or right? Like insert whatever buzzword it is. And it actually dilutes candidly the phrase, right? Because it, it creates a lot more noise. I think productivity tools, and, and you might disagree with the premise, right? Maybe Command E isn't framed as a productivity tool, but I could see a bunch of actually layman type folks or, or laggard adopters or so, you know, say, hey, this is just another, you know, another productivity tool. Um, space, when you think again at a 50,000 foot of just productivity tools, super crowded space, ton of friction, often because the organizations have their own existing, you know, application stack that they have to contend with. How do you guys think of breaking through that noise, you know, even if it is, you know, call it a 10x product or so? Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair thing. Um, there's a lot of people going after this space right now. I think one thing is that we're not generally replacing a tool. This is sort of an unmet need that has been created by the proliferation of all these tools, to your point. Um, the application stack has just grown and grown, and it's created a need for this. Um, this sort of glue that pulls them all together in a way that wasn't quite as burning of a need, I think, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, we'll often hear people say, there's a certain group of people that immediately are like, yes, I've been looking for this forever. Thank you for building it in a way that just works perfectly. I love it. But then you'll also hear another set of users say, I didn't know I needed this. Um, but once I started using it, like I can't imagine going back. And so I think the onus on us there is just continuing to build a product that's good enough that it's not us necessarily saying it, it's the people that have used the product going and telling their friends. And one of the things that's been interesting as we sort of move to this work from home world uh, for who knows how much longer is one of the ways we've been starting to hear a lot about people discovering Command E is people will be on a Zoom call and sharing their screen and they'll quickly pull something up with Command E and you know, somebody on the other end of the call is going, whoa, whoa, what was that? Um, so it is just the kind of thing that I don't think you just can't unsee it once you've seen it. Um, and it's just, I think a need that whether realized or unrealized, um, a lot of people have, and it's just kind of a better way of living. It just makes work much more pleasant. I, I like that framing a lot because I think the most powerful products are the ones actually where the product is telling the story itself, right? Rather than it really is kind of the example of show, not tell. Um, and I, I think when you have such a powerful product or you have users that love, I think not only is there a virality effect or is there a community effect, but I think it also allows you to tell a much more compelling and interesting story. I think, you know, when I think of a lot of the productivity tools, I think they get stuck in kind of selling their workflow, right. Or something very tactical. Um, 
but they, they don't do as good of a job actually of selling like a behavior shift and a mindset shift. Right. And that's often difficult to, to, you know, to orient in a user and a consumer, but where you can make that kind of behavior shift or mindset shift. Um, I, I think it can be incredibly powerful. You got, you guys are still early, but you, you know, recently raised a, a fresh round of capital from the likes of folks like Bain Capital, Craft, et cetera. Um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier in the conversation, Tom, but what, you know, what is the near-term focus and, you know, what are some of those elements now with the round of capital you guys are really excited about building? Yeah, definitely. It's really just continuing to craft the product. Um, I think this is a space where the product, the best product led team is going to win here. And so we're focused on building the best team possible. Um, I think, I don't know that it's as widely known as it should be that really kind of the early team you build is sort of the destiny of your startup. And so we've been sort of just focused early on. We said, let's get the best group of engineers we can in a room. And we hired great people out of uh, Stripe and WhatsApp and um, just really built a really strong engineer engineering team. And then we just brought on a great designer that we're really excited to work with and now hiring somebody to work on growth and another engineer. So really focused on just building the team that kind of builds the product and goes from there. Um, on, a pro on the product front, we've spent the bulk of our time focused on sort of really nailing this single player product and making sure that we get to that sort of vision of, yes, this is the one search that you go to. Um, so you don't have the cognitive overhead of sort of thinking about what can I go to command E for? What can I um, just being that one tool that you can lean on and you hit command E and either you search for something and we pull up exactly what you want, or maybe you don't even have to search. Maybe you just hit command E and exactly what you want is there for you. So that's really what we're focused on now. And then starting to explore what this looks like um, at the team and organizational level. I love that concept of kind of the founding team and the instrumentality of it. I had Michael Mayer who runs a company called bottomless on the, on the podcast a few episodes ago. And, and he put it actually pretty provocatively and I hadn't thought about it that way. He said, you know, I mean, I think 50% of a company's outcome is baked into the founding team and the founding moments. And a lot of people spend um, a lot of time kind of experimenting and iterating after the fact. Um, and there's a really interesting parallel that you draw that if some of those core assumptions or core people are wrong, you can spend a whole bunch of time, you know, iterating, et cetera, after the fact, and the amount of effort and time is going to be the exact same but the impact is going to be significantly less. So I really like the way you framed it, right? And I, and I espouse that philosophy quite a bit that, you know, I think half the company's outcome is basically baked in, whether it's the team that you started out with, the fundamental premise or the assumption of the idea. Um, I think it also, a, a lot of the early days traction gets baked in or built in, you know, via specific mechanics or mentalities. You, uh, you know, among some of the angels that are involved, with Command E, uh, you have the founders of Superhuman involved. I, I had Rahul on the podcast a few months ago. We spent a lot of time kind of talking about his perspective on you know how to quantify product market fit, which is which has become a concept and a framework a lot of folks follow. Um, and you guys have, I think, one of the key elements of that is actually generating a lot of demand via waitlist. You guys have done that pretty successfully as well. What's been some of the most surprising insight you've heard, you know, from users so far? Or, or seen, you know, on the basis of folks using the product? Definitely. Yeah, it, it's been kind of interesting. Um, I think founder, it's almost become this mantra that you're going to be wrong about everything and you need to um, just really 
be open to everything you're wrong on and just listen to feedback and everything. And we definitely, user feedback is a major part of our engine in terms of what we decide to build next. Um, but I think my co-founder, Ben, really sort of had this original vision on what this is going to be. And I think this is one of those products that there's just like a lot of schlep to it, right? It's like, okay, we need to build this integration. We need to nail this part of search. Um, so there's a lot of schlep to it, but the vision I think is actually pretty spot on originally. Um, and so it's been more tactical than any sort of major shift in vision. Um, it's definitely sort of expanded from, okay, this is going to be a search tool. Yes, but also people, once they've seen how quickly they can find stuff within Command D, want to be able to create and update stuff within Command D. Um, but one thing I think we've seen that I didn't necessarily expect when you set out to build this sort of universal search tool, I kind of assumed, you know, everybody is going to want to access every service. And we definitely have a good chunk of people that do kind of say, okay, across these three to five services, I'm using Command D for all of them. And I kind of thought those are always going to be the happiest users. Um, if somebody isn't using it across all these services, they're probably not going to be that big of a fan of the product. But we've actually seen there are some people that use Command D just for one service, but they're very happy with it. Um, what we've kind of found is when you sort of very quickly say, here's what Command D is, almost everybody has one service that they're immediately like, yes, I need Command D for X, you know, whether it's uh, Salesforce or Google Docs or Zendesk or anything along those lines. Everybody has one service that sort of immediately resonates. And then from there, they can find more places to bring that pattern into their work. But everybody has one service that's kind of the gateway and immediately resonates with them. Yeah, I, I like the way you framed it, Tom, also from the perspective of kind of having a vision and balancing, you know, integrating user feedback and kind of having a concrete product and vision. And and the the biggest mistake I often think founders make is kind of this idea of so user feedback's great. There's no question about it, et cetera, right? Super critical. I think a lot of people conflate asking users for understanding the problems that users are facing with asking users for solutions. And I think when you conflate those concepts and you air more on the side of the barbell, which is, you know, more solution oriented, which is really more product roadmap oriented, which as opposed to getting a filter of what is the fundamental thing that's actually wrong and then applying the vision, applying, et cetera, to actually coming up with a solution. That's where I think you actually get into a lot of trouble, right? And, and a lot of companies kind of steer incorrectly or, or go off tangent in the way they build their products. Um, I'm curious, and I, I asked, I've been recently asking this actually to quite a bit of founders that come on the show. What's the best critique you've heard of why this won't work, right? Like not, not the product, right? The product works, right? Like you guys have built it in a way where like you, your team, a, a, a good set of users could probably use Command E forever, right? And you could kind of continue to support it in the way you built it. But what's the best critique you've heard um, or, or challenge or so of why you know, this wouldn't work as kind of like as a venture scale company and not, not like the, you know, like operational mishaps or execution that could go wrong, right? Like none of that kind of stuff, but more so, I mean, from the basis of like this, this assumption or this vision of the world. Definitely. Yeah. So I think there's, there's probably a few things there The and 
we talked a little bit about, you know, what command E can be when it grows up. Um, search, I think, will probably be at the core, but some other areas we might tackle. Um, but if you looked at command E today, I think, and you tried to throw it in a category, you'd probably call it enterprise search. And enterprise search, I think, is, I don't think anybody would really argue otherwise. It's under-delivered as a category in the past. Um, a lot of the thinking that we brought to this was saying, hey, you know, that's in large part because it's traditionally been this sort of big, bulky IT implementation. And there wasn't previously a product where you could sort of take this bottoms up approach that we've taken where, like I said, you can go to our website, getcommandy.com and download the app and have all your accounts connected and your first search completed in less than five minutes um, as just an individual user. That wasn't something that five years ago was really a thing. Um, and once you see it, it's kind of hard to unsee. But the other piece there is, so this is a bit of a tangent, but I think it might be an interesting thing. We haven't talked about this publicly, but in the early days of the company, we actually, my co-founder and I started working together and we said, let's kind of march towards the YC deadline um, to apply for that. And we did that and we ended up deciding to raise a round rather than going through YC. Um, we actually pulled our application without uh, interviewing. But their application, I think, is one piece of, you can go through the valley and I think YC has like had a lot more of a positive influence than maybe they even get credit for. Like you obviously hear about the great companies they produce, but I think even just the application process for us was clarifying. And one of the questions there is like, what's the competition here? Like, why wouldn't this work? And our thinking that I think is somewhat of an answer to your question was the biggest competition here probably isn't another product. It's, is this a big enough sort of UI, UX improvement that this is 10x better than sort of going to the search bars on these individual sites, right? Because if you're not that much better, people just aren't going to care enough to say, yes, this is something that is a meaningful enough improvement in my day-to-day -day life that I want to pay for it, whether I pay for it as an individual or my company pays for it. Um, so I think that's kind of the main thing. That's the bar is, are you so much better that people are willing to pay for it? So one of the things I get pretty excited about when you think of the, the potential, right. And, and starting at kind of a focused, focus problem, uh, and expansion is, um, integration ecosystem, right? And and I'm curious how you think about both of those elements in current state and scale. I think, Tom, to the point you were making of, you know, kind of fighting human inertia and is this really a 10x product? I think a lot of that actually unfolds in the way you guys think about developing your integration ecosystem, because a lot of that is going to be, you know, in, in one sense, you could say, hey, that's going to be a pathway that generates virality, it generates usage, so on and so forth. But I think in, in another way, it's it's just a compounding effect or a compounding power on using the product, right? Like the more that's integrated in it and the more I'm able to use this as my centralized search bar and the more I'm able to tie, you know, between connectivity between Google Docs and Salesforce and my email and my account, right? On and on and on, the more compounding it's going to be. And the more I would imagine from a, you know, from a backend perspective, when you guys use it, look at, you know, user analytics and such, the more you're just going to see stickiness of people actually in the product itself, right? Um, and 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 at at scale, in a sense, also, I, I imagine there's almost this like, 
mathematical equation, right? That a lot of like the renowned SaaS companies follow when they think about integration ecosystems, which is like each incremental critical integration you add into the ecosystem has this like multiplier effect. It's not a linear effect, right? It's a multiplier effect on, on users as well as attracting new users. So talk a little bit more about just, you know, how you guys think about the integration side of, um, of the house and, you know, what, what that, you know, plays into from a, from a strategic perspective. Yeah, definitely. I think there's something very powerful, powerful to being sort of this front door to all your services, right? Um, Commandy should theoretically know more and be able to sort of guide you through your day better than any one individual tool could be um, because it has an understanding of who you are and what you care about and what your day looks like. Um, and so we, we have a lot more to build on that front. But I think you're definitely right that as you get to a level of scale, and we're not there today, but as you get to a level of scale, probably Commandy should be better at search than any one individual service could be um, just because there is that compounding effect to understanding what people want when they want it. Um, and I think you could also look at each sort of ecosystem, each individual tool in the ecosystem. Um, a lot of these services, you'll hear people sort of complain about search, right? Um, it's something that every company has to think about, but often isn't sort of a first level problem. Um, it's a little bit outside of the core product and a bit of a side thought. So I think there's an opportunity there for Commandy at scale to potentially take it off the plate uh, for some people. I know we've talked to companies that they hear from their users, hey, search just doesn't really work great here. And they have so many other investments that they need to make, right? And if there's an opportunity for them to kind of just say, hey, you know what, Commandy does this really well, maybe look at that. Um, I think that's a real opportunity. Tom, as we round out the conversation, and this is, this is a question I always ask founders that come on the show as well, what's the biggest insight about this problem that you and your team have, right? That you believe serves as the unlock for the opportunity. It's one thing I think, um, I think this is also a conflation that a lot of people make in tech, which is it's one thing to say, Hey, the market is huge, right? It's one thing to say, you know, there's opportunity here. It's a, it's a wholly different thing to actually capture the value right in a market. Um, so I'm curious what you guys, you know, from your perspective as CEO, what you believe you and your team um, have in terms of that insight to actually unlock this opportunity and then capture the value from it. Yeah, definitely. So there's, there's a lot there. Um, I think sort of the initial insight, you'll often hear VCs frame this as like, why now, you know, sure. There have been previous attempts at this market, like to your point, Hey, this, this market has theoretically existed for a while. Why is now the time for a big business to be built here? And why are you the people to do it? Um, and I think this is kind of an interesting moment where it is sort of, hey, the underlying, the underlying tech has changed here. Um, and in our view, a lot of it rolls up to the fact that APIs have probably hit this sweet spot of standardization and maturation that they weren't at five or even really three years ago for many services. Um, so I probably said this a couple times already, but you can go to our website, you can download our app and um, have everything connected and start searching in less than five minutes. 
And that just wasn't the case previously. Um, most services have kind of gotten to a place where we can build integrations that provide that sort of Facebook Connect experience where you can just say, you can just click a button and say, yes, I want Command D to have access to my Google Docs. And from then on, anytime you need to pull up a Google Doc, you don't have to sort of navigate to a fresh tab and go to drive.google.com and use their search box. No matter where you're at on your computer, you're just going to hit Command D and start typing the name of that Google Doc and be there in a second or two. Um, and so it's really sort of an underlying tech changing and enabling this. Um, and the other big piece, I think, is just as the cost of building great software has come down, we sort of saw this originally with the cloud, but more recently, um, you're starting to see all these great tools. I think you kind of alluded to the fact that, hey, there's 50 productivity tools for anything under the sun these days. Um, and part of our thesis was you're going to continue to see these great purpose-built tools continue to proliferate. And as that happens, the need for a tool like Commandy that sort of serves as the glue to make them all play nicely together, um, the need for that just becomes bigger and bigger. And so those two pieces together, I think, really create the initial opportunity. And then from there, it's sort of on us to really kind of figure out, okay, how do we turn this into a big business and get to scale? So that's what we're focused on now. Tom, it's going to be a bunch of fun to watch you guys build it. Um, it's like we were talking about a little bit earlier, the best products are those that are simple on the front end and complex in the back end. And, um, you know, the concept is great, but actually looking at command E in action, right. And, and interacting with it is a ton of fun. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to continue to watch, to see how you guys, you know, really unfold and, and break into enterprise search more and more. So, Thanks again for coming on the show. You know, really appreciated it. And, um, you know, looking forward to seeing the progress in the future. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Ramin. It was a lot of fun.